Sandifer. The nature of the port was not disclosed. Judge Sandifer had impaneled the jury to consider the circumstances surrounding the five-hour fireman strike on November 6th, the first strike by firefighters in New York City history. Three officers of the union, President Richard Vizzini, John O'Sullivan, the financial secretary, and Dominic Gentilguomo, the sergeant-at-arms, were indicted on charges of conspiracy, reckless endangerment, coercion, and obstruction of government information. United States automakers have reported a new record car sales in 1973, despite the bad slump in the last three months of the year caused by the gasoline shortage. 9,669,000 new cars were sold, an increase of 3.7% over 1972, and with imported foreign car sales included, a record 11.9 million cars were sold in the United States in 73, about a half a million less than the industry had predicted in September when the energy scare hit. On the stock exchange today, the market was mixed. Dow Jones Industrial Average closing down 3.38 at 876.85. 19 million shares traded, 889 gainers, 640 losers. Stocks on the American exchange were higher. Market value index was up 1.24 at 96.73. The volume, 3.5 million shares. WOR Weather Watch update for New York City and vicinity. Clear tonight. Lows around 25, mostly sunny tomorrow. Highs in the upper 30s, fair tomorrow night, lows in the upper 20s. Increasing cloudiness on Wednesday, highs near 40. Current temperature 33 degrees, humidity 64%, winds west at 6 miles an hour, barometer 29.97 inches and rising. Highlights in the news, White House disagrees with Vice President Ford, says there is no change in President Nixon's flat refusal to release White House Watergate-related tapes and documents to the Senate committee. New York Democratic legislative minority leaders blame Republican state administration for the loss of public confidence in government. That's the latest from the WOR Newsroom. Warning for tonight's uh, 
victims of uh, the buffeting of fate, the life and the, the eternal problem of finding yourself a pool ball in a gigantic pool game of existence. <laughs> Here comes that cue again. Look out, it's going to get you, and you go into the side pocket. All right, now listen, we have something really extraordinary for you tonight, and it's taken no little doing, I might point out. So set your tape recorders, all you uh, tape recorder cuckoos. You're going to hear something really... I'll guarantee you, you will not hear at any other point on the dial at any time uh, and at any uh, situation of confluction of program attitudes. How do you like that, man? Hey, you know, I've had a theory for a long time, and I'm going to lay it on you for what it's worth, that nothing ever really disappears. Not really. Uh, by disappear, I mean nothing ever really goes away totally. It may disappear from sight, but it never stops. And uh, you know that there are, are theories around about the space that uh, bear out what I'm saying. As a matter of fact, uh, the some of the most interesting experiments that have been done by far space travelers, guys flying around the moon, for example, is listening to radio broadcasts from the Earth. Now, that much of this has gotten much publicity. Do you agree? Uh, that they do, they did a series of experiments, and they found that, that, that the, the actual reception uh, from uh, space capsules flying around the moon of broadcast signals, we're not talking about shortwave, we're talking about uh, stations like uh, WOR and w, uh, MGM, WMCA, and, you know, in other words, regular broadcast stations all around the world is fantastic. They can really hear them up there. You've heard that, I'm sure. Now, one thing they did notice, though, was that uh, there is, of course, a time lag, naturally. Uh, that means that it takes a certain amount of time for a radio signal to travel from Earth to the moon. Now, how much time this is, uh, is the same as it takes the time of light to travel. So if you know anything about the traveling of light, 186,000 miles a second, I believe it is. Is that correct? Uh, you'll find that this is, uh, this is the case of uh, Hazat, whipping it right out of the old thing there. So this is the case, of course, of, uh, of uh, radio signals. They travel at the same speed of light. And they have much of the same properties of light, incidentally. So the theory, of course, is that uh, they never really uh, fade out or disappear entirely. So if you go far enough out in space, here's, here's the point we're getting at. If you go far enough out in space, if you were able to somehow magically uh, send a, uh, a capsule or something instantaneously to the far reaches of space, let's say, oh, on the order of a billion miles from here, something like that, and turn on a radio set, you would be hearing radio shows that were broadcast years before, and they're coming in out there now, <laughs> and they're coming in at, uh, at a fairly consistent volume and clearly readable, and to a person listening to those out there, uh, they, would hear, they would hear Graham McNamee, for example, describing Calvin Coolidge's uh, inauguration, <laughs> and it would sound like it's actually happening. Now, if you think this is theory, I, I'll have to point out to you that it is not theory. It happens to be an absolute fact. It's not theory at all. Uh, in fact, uh, the, the, uh, the facts of the matter are that, that you know, of course, that, that it takes years for the 
light from a star to travel to the United States, sometimes as many as three, four, five hundred years. So the light that you see when you look up at a star many times has left that star, actually originated uh, 400 years or so before you see it. So if you could really look at it very carefully, you would be seeing the scene on that star of 400 years prior to your vision. You would not be seeing what's actually happening there now because it will take 400 years for that site to get to the Earth. Okay, do you follow that? That's a theory. That's fact. That's uh, the whole light year concept and so on. So this is also true of radio. They were amazed at how well radio is received out there in outer space. And the signals go on and on forever. There's a theory that nothing has ever stopped from the very beginnings. If you could go far enough out... If you could go millions and billions of miles out, you could hear the very first experiments by Hertz and Marconi. You could actually pick them up. You'd hear this little faint scratching of this guy sending a little spark gap across a Leiden jar. <laughs> you know, it goes like that. <laughs> You'd hear it out there, see, and, and it would sound like static, but actually it would be a radio signal. This is one of the great problems, you know, that they, they feel about uh, the, uh, the theory that most people have, that one day we will communicate with people on uh, or things uh, in other parts of the solar system, that actually it may take years for a single conversation to be carried out. <laughs> that, uh, that one of the things that bothers them, too, is that if they do hear a signal from outer space, let's say tomorrow morning by magic or just by uh, physical... Uh, uh, coincidence, the Russians or the Yugoslavians or the Americans or somebody pick up a signal that originated at, at a very far point of, of uh, geography in the spatial world out there, that uh, there is a distinct possibility that that civilization no longer exists. That they sent a signal out maybe three or four or five hundred years ago, and they don't exist any longer. Now we're getting uh, the word from them, see? So it's quite possible that long after man disappears from the earth, way out in other solar systems, they'll be hearing Amos and Andy <laughs> and wondering what all this is about. So what the point is that what we've done here tonight, to, to confuse anybody that's a space listener, uh, you know, somebody may be monitoring this broadcast right now on Arcturus or uh, some uh, planet in one of the other solar systems. You may be hearing this thing here uh, at this minute. Uh, no, he wouldn't be hearing. He would be hearing shows I did a few years ago. <laughs> but for, for guys that are going to be hearing this in the future, we're going to really confuse them tonight because we have something really extraordinary for you. We've assembled all the equipment here. So if you have your tape recorder set up, I... Uh, I'm about to do something that uh, that I've never done on the air, and I don't think I, I've ever heard of anybody doing it. We are going... To, well, all right. Before we say anything else, let us do it. Then we won't even tell you what we're going to do. Just turn your tape recorders on, and we're all set to begin with what uh, we think is going to be a rather interesting experience. Listeners everywhere, this is WOR in Bambergers in New York City. And this afternoon, we're bringing you a five-minute interlude of popular music of the day. Sent here by WOR, Ipana Toothpaste, Rudy Valley, and also the Chevrolet Corporation.
Corporation of America. So good afternoon, radio listeners, wherever you might be. You're listening to WOR's Musical Interlude, coming to you from the rooftop studios in Bambergers, in New York and Newark, New Jersey. Gentlemen, our theme for this afternoon on musical interlude is Roger Wolf. Roger Wolf and his orchestra singing Let a Smile Be Your Umbrella. Roger Wolf Kahn and the orchestra. That was Roger Wolf Kahn and the boys in the orchestra playing and singing Let a Smile Be Your Umbrella, brought to you by the WOR Bamberger Studios and our musical interlude. And now let us have a word from one of our sponsors. In a few days, the Chevrolet Motor Company will announce a great new car. We believe it is unquestionably the finest motor car this company has ever designed or built. Chevrolet's success has been due largely to the loyalty of its owners. Therefore, we are giving you this advance information so that you can arrange to be one of the first to experience the thrills of driving this new car. And when we say thrills, we mean just that. You will get the thrill of a smooth 60-horsepower six-cylinder engine with a speed of 65 to 70 miles per hour. The thrill of driving the first and only low-priced car with both simplified freewheeling and the silent shift synchromesh transmission. You will get the thrill of ultra-modern styling in smart new bodies by Fisher. And finally, the thrill of Chevrolet's greater comfort, durability, and economy at prices among the lowest at which motor cars are sold. So take advantage of this advance information to Chevrolet owners. And whether or not you intend to buy, 
Arrange to drive this new car yourself and learn firsthand why Chevrolet is truly the great American value for 1932. Thank you very much. The preceding commercial announcement was sent to you on behalf of the Chevrolet Motor Corporation of Detroit, Michigan. And now we continue today's musical interlude featuring electrically recorded pieces of music of the day. We would like to listen to at this time and in answer to many requests from listeners all over the WOR Bamberger listening area, we would like to play for you the Ipana Troubadours singing one of their favorite ballads. And remember the slogan, Ipana for the smile of health, sell hepatica for the smile of beauty. It is the Ipana Troubadours and one of the favorite ballads of our time, The Man I Love. Chipana Troubadours. In answer to many requests, we have just heard the very popular Ipana Troubadours play The Man I Love from the Broadway stage. Remember the slogan, Ipana for the smile of beauty, 
sell hepatica for the smile of health. And we would like to suggest that you ask for Ipana toothpaste at your favorite drugstore. Ipana for the smile of beauty. This is WOR in New York City, broadcasting on 710 kilocycles throughout the WOR listening area. And we would like to say good afternoon to all the WOR listeners who are enjoying this afternoon's recorded electrically transcribed program entitled Musical Interlude. And now once again, answering many requests of listeners all over the WOR listening area, and we would like to thank you for your requests, which have come in on every mail delivery here at the station. If you would like to request a piece of music to be played on Musical Interlude, send your name and address and the tune that you would like to hear to WOR Musical Interlude, Bamberger's Department Store, Newark, New Jersey. And now our concluding piece of music is played and sung by the ever-popular Rudy Valley and his Connecticut Yankees. They play and sing outside. Outside the rain was pouring down Big boy felt mighty blue Outside the wind was howling round And she felt lonesome too Outside they heard the thunder crash She looked at him and sighed Though she knew it wasn't right She let him stay all night Yes she did, yes she did Outside Who are you? I'm selling ice, I cried. Then he 
Connecticut Yankees. That was an answer to many requests from all over the WOR listening area. That recording was a Bluebird recording made in Camden, New Jersey. For those of you who would like to order it from your favorite recording store or music shop, ask for Outside by Rudy Valley and his Connecticut Yankees. This is Franklin P. Knight, your musical host saying thank you for listening to today's musical interlude, and we would love to hear from you wherever you might be. And now our theme, Let a Smile Be Your Umbrella, by the Roger Wolf Kahn Orchestra. Musical interlude with your musical host, Franklin P. Knight, has come to you from the palatial studios of the WOR Broadcast Corporation, high atop the Bamberger Department Store Building in downtown Newark, New Jersey. Thank you very much for listening, and we would like to invite you to stay tuned for the A&P Gypsies, which follow on the Blue Network immediately following this electrically transcribed radio program. dedicate our theme song by Roger Wolf Kahn's orchestra this afternoon to all of you shut-ins who are listening today to Musical Interlude. And that's a very fine musical selection indeed, and certainly a fine suggestion for all of us to follow. Let a smile be your umbrella. for listeners to WOR in the WOR listening area. Immediately following musical interlude will be heard the A&P Gypsies starring Jessica Dragonette, soprano. Immediately after the A&P Gypsies, we suggest you listen to Bolt Carter, who reports the news of the world here, there, and everywhere over WOR. Thank you, Roger Kahn and his orchestra. And that concludes today's musical interlude with your musical host, Franklin P. Knight. 
You are listening to WOR, the Bamberger Broadcasting Corporation in Newark, New Jersey, with special studios in New York City. The time is now 12 noon. How'd you like that? <laughs> Thank you. How'd you like that? Now, now, for those of you who wondered what in the devil you tuned in on, uh, that was a a kind of a a kind of a free form recreation of a radio program as it could very well have been heard and and was probably heard that kind of show very widely heard just about the time of roughly the late 1920s and the early 30s, uh, possibly even a little earlier than that. And uh, for those of you who wondered what in the world we were using, we were using the actual equipment of that period. I'll let you know what it really sounded like. This is no filters, no fakes, nothing else uh, uh, done to alter the sound. And the actual microphone that I'm using, or was using, I'm using a contemporary mic, of course, right now. The actual microphone that uh, I was using was a, and, and there it is, it's got the number all over it, it is a 1923, and it was used up through the early 30s, it was a 1923 model, a 1923 double-button Western Electric Carbon Broadcast Mic, a very rare microphone, uh, and of course it was broadcast. There are a lot of uh, amateur microphones around at that period, but this is a broadcast mic, which was a very special character. It's a, for those of you who are technically inclined, this is a double-button carbon, and you can tell there's plenty of carbon hiss in there. Uh, although, to be perfectly honest, uh, the hiss is a little louder or a little higher on this particular mic than it would have been during its heyday because we uh, we have not repacked this mic. This has got the same... Uh, it is, for those of you who might, might wonder about this, there's a big difference here between the types of microphones used uh, now than were used in the early days of radio. The microphone of the time... You know, I'm almost falling into that pattern of speech, you know, the microphone. You notice how the announcers spoke with a... We've been listening to a lot of transcriptions of ancient shows here. And all the announcers spoke with a very distinct and very articulated speech. Very formal. This is Franklin P. Knight broadcasting to you from the WOR studios in New York. <laughs> And uh, now uh, just switch on, just switch the uh, carbon mic when I give you the cue here, Herb. Just switch it on, and you'll hear the big difference. I will continue to talk. Okay, now I'm back on the uh, carbon microphone, and you'll notice that the, the carbon mic, a lot of the lows that are in the normal speech pattern are cut out, and in fact, so are many of the highs, that uh, almost all of the, uh, the center, you might say the middle range, comes through quite clearly. But uh, you can identify a person's voice on it, but you lose a lot of the overtones and the undertones. And uh, this was compounded, uh, if you can imagine listening to this broadcast on a, uh, perhaps a paper cone uh, speaker, uh, a magnetic speaker of the uh, Atwater Kent variety. It was almost really nothing more than a large earphone with a great big paper cone coming out of it. So you got this high-pitched voice where if everybody talked at this kind of language, and they, they, are all, they actually picked announcers so that they could cut through this type of microphone, so that his voice was high enough so that you could hear it very clearly, and he could speak so distinctly that one could hear it through the static and all the various crashes and rumbles that you heard on the radio broadcasting frequencies of the period. 
<laughs> Very good. Yeah, once a pro, always a pro. Yes, sir. Now, I, we've got other stuff for you. Before we go any further, if you're really... Now, 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 I must point out very quickly, this is not and has nothing to do with nostalgia. Please don't think this has anything to do with nostalgia because we're far away enough in time from all the beginnings of this business, uh, television and radio and all of it. When I say we, I'm talking about the whole world, everybody, that the early days of this industry are now history. <laughs> no longer nostalgia. There's a great... There's a great dis dividing line between history and nostalgia. And to, to have remembered a thing like I just reproduced there, you would have to be a very old person. You'd have to be well up in your, in your uh, 70s and 80s, uh, perhaps even older, to have clearly remembered a thing like that. But uh, that's the way it, it sounded and uh, how we got that idea. And in other words, how we, how we really reproduced it was listening to actual... T uh, recordings. They didn't, of course, have tape recordings in those days. They didn't have uh, transcriptions of the kind we think of. Uh, but they did have uh, discs, large acetate discs upon which many things were recorded. And those are getting very, very rare and scarce. You, you can't really find them. And, and if you do find them, they're almost impossible to play them because they deteriorate. But the uh, reproduction that we did was pretty close to the actuality. Uh, the music was taken off of actual radio shows of that period, which we re-recorded on tape. And uh, the, the actual, well, the, 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 the commercial you heard was an actual 1931, 32. It was done in 31. They were about to introduce the 32 Chevy. Uh, and that, that's all very authentic. <laughs> and, uh, by the way, another thing interesting is the recordings of that period were not recorded uh, the way we record today. Uh, there were all sorts of techniques used to record. Uh, some of the recordings were done with actual cutting discs. Others were done with uh, with a kind of vibrating shim technique or all sorts of techniques. But very few of the techniques got uh, any kind of depth in them. The, the, the problem was they lost a lot of the bass. They lost a lot of the high notes. So it's very hard to know what music actually sounded like in those days. I mean, if you were actually in a in a studio listening to the Ipana troubadours. It would be very difficult to know. In other words, they must have sounded a great deal different in, in listening to them right there uh, than uh, they sounded over the radio or over the transcriptions that they cut at the time. But that's what you heard. <laughs> I, I bet a lot of people all of a sudden tuned in and they said, what the hell's going on? <laughs> all right, before we go any further, how about a few contemporary-type commercials? You notice they don't Your AMC dealers got the all-new mid-size car that economizes on everything but comfort. That car, the roomy 74 Matador. And another important advantage. Our 74 Matador comes with an economical six-cylinder engine as standard equipment. And consider this. Matador is the only new mid-size car backed by all the benefits of the exclusive AMC buyer protection plan which means that under normal usage and accepting tires, if anything AMC did goes wrong with your new 74 Matador in the first 12 months or 12,000 miles, we'll fix or replace it free. Come in today. Meet the unbeatable combination. 74 Matador backed by the AMC Buyer Protection Plan. Okay, let's see what we got here. Yeah, see your AMC dealer where you get a good deal and a good deal more. Yes, sir. 
don't know whether that's a threat or not. Uh, let's see. Frank Art, <laughs> Frank Art Furniture Centers are having a January clearance sale. Uh, save 20 to 60% on everything, including floor samples. And everything's on sale. Nearly three square blocks of warehouse stock and floor samples. They're practically giving away, according to the copy here, at up to 60% off. Take advantage of Frank Art's Everything Must Go sale and get benefits of Frank Art's 39 years of experience and so on. Great labor values and enormous selections and so on. So, Frank Art, you can save $300 on a seven-piece Mediterranean dining room suite and lots more. So, uh, let's see, where is it? Frank Art, the Complete Furniture Center's giant January sale is in Paramus at Route 4 and Spring Valley Road. Stores are also in Pine Brook, New Rochelle, Scarsdale, and the Bronx. Convenient charge plans are available. And now a little thing here from Cheers. Reassurance in a changing world. It's wonderful. It's thoroughly uplifting and doesn't cost anything because it doesn't cost anything to walk into Cheers Steakhouse, which is reassuring me the way it's been for 20 years in a wildly changing world. Uh, even after you've had your feast and paid your check, you still don't pay as much as you feel like you should be paying for that treat. For 20 years, Cheers has been indulging intelligent New Yorkers in quality cuisine, traditional hospitality, and gracious service by personnel who care and who know how to care. Cheers Steakhouse. Note the location. 120 West 41st Street. That's on 41st Street between Broadway and 6th Avenue. Dress is casual. Parking is free if you're driving from 5 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. Cheers salad dressing is the best salad dressing you're going to taste any place. Call Cheers 244-8810. Cheers 244-8810 at 120 West 41st. Sounds like Barry's got a 17-pound frog living down in his gut somewhere. What the heck? <laughs> Either that or it was recorded underwater with a wind-up tape recorder. Hey, listen, speaking of uh, great uh, great sounds, uh, one of our engineers, Herb, here, was digging down when, uh, amid all the kind of uh, dross that drifts down to the bottom of a radio station's uh, enormous attic full of uh, past and gone and defeated junk. And uh, he came across a great old transcription of a radio broadcast, which at the time was considered quite the historical. And uh, tune up your gain there <laughs> and, and set your tape recorder, because this is a real piece of true Americana. I'd have to say this is Americana. Uh and, and you can just see the whole difference in the media between now and then and the attitude towards uh, itself and, and the public. And uh, this is a very interesting piece of business. So turn up your tape recorders now and listen carefully. This is from the vast archives of this. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I, I have to preface it very quickly here. Uh, WOR in New York, and this is not chauvinism, we're just merely telling you a historical fact, is one of the oldest uh, major radio stations in the world. And, uh, of course, you can always tell the very, uh, I suppose you might say, the very early radio stations because they have a three-letter call, among other things. Three-letter calls have not been issued for many, many years. WOR is a three-letter call. You have other great stations around the country, KNX out on the West Coast, uh, KYW, uh, stations like uh, WSB, uh, WSM, uh, WLW, and WGN. 
these are spotted all around the country. These are all great pioneers. Well, you can't forget WLW, which is a great pioneer station. And all these stations got going in the very earliest days of radio broadcasting, back in the very early 1920s, uh, which, uh, of course... Uh, uh, Marconi's experiments, actually, were not made too many years prior to that, uh, historically speaking. And so in the very early 1920s, uh, when radio first began to make its sounds heard throughout the nation, KDKA got on the air, and, and a few years later, a year or two later, actually, WR went on, I guess in 1922, wasn't it? Something like that. And so we have all kinds of curious historical pieces of uh, trivia and impediment, and yet they become truly history as time goes past. This is a broadcast that was made, or part of a broadcast, that was made in the mid-1930s on WOR at the, at the uh, you might say, at a point that was very important to the radio industry throughout the country, and specifically to WOR. WOR, New York, New Jersey. We wish to thank the Gordon Baking Company for relinquishing their time in order that we might bring to you the program